Hey, everybody, hope you had a good weekend. Get ready for the national championship of college football with Michigan and Washington. Kings open up a long road trip in Motown tomorrow. We got the NFL playoff bracket all set. Love it. We got a lot to talk about, and I want your phone calls. Who do you like in the NFL playoffs? Certainly, again, that horrible call in the Detroit-Dallas game last week has really affected things. Dallas is now the number two seed. They will play Green Bay. And then you have the Rams at Detroit, Philly, and Tampa. San Francisco gets the bye. AFC, uh, Cleveland and Houston is a very intriguing game. Then you have Miami at Kansas City. Uh, Pittsburgh is at Buffalo. So there you have it, the opening round of the NFL playoffs. All right, to the Sacramento Kings. I keep saying this, and I'm going to probably keep saying this until I'm proven wrong. The Kings are not as good as the record indicates. Okay, they're just not. They're a good team, but they have a lot of flaws. Not just like some flaws. They have many flaws. Okay? Uh, defensively, they're the worst team in the Western Conference among the top 10. And by the way, I know there are a lot of stats now and a lot of analytics when it comes to defense. I don't give a damn about anything other than points allowed. I don't care about field goal percentage. I don't care about, like, you know, all the other crap. I don't care about points. Just tell me how many points you allow a game. It's the same thing in football, right? I don't really care about, you know, your statistics about what you do against the run. I don't care about what your stats are against the pass. I don't give a damn about that stuff. Because the only thing that matters is how many points do you allow? That's the only relevant statistic to me in defense, okay? Points in the paint, I don't really care about. You know, I don't care about anything. I care about, when I say I don't care, obviously points in a paint are an important stat. I care about one statistic, points allowed, okay? Points allowed. That's it. Don't care about anything else. Sacramento allows the most points of any of the top teams in the West. Top 10 teams in the West, the Kings allow the most points, okay? Here's something else. Top nine teams in the West, top nine. Sacramento is the only team with a negative point differential, all right? So if you're one of these Kings fans that thinks, oh, gee, you know, everything's fine because, you know, we're fourth in the West and, you know, we got a good, we're fifth in the West and we got a good record, uh, you're walking around with blinders on. You're walking around with blinders on, okay? I wanted to get to that right off the top because I keep on seeing some real issues with this team. There are just too many games where they're not competitive, you know? And they got two cupcake games coming up against Detroit and Charlotte to begin this road trip. But what did we say the last time they played Charlotte? What happened? What happened? exactly right they lost right they lost when who had played the night before oh that's right charlotte had played in denver the night before so here's a road trip detroit charlotte philly who's not playing well right now milwaukee phoenix then look at this stretch you come home and play phoenix tyrese halliburton and buddy and indiana are there then Atlanta, I shouldn't say you come home and play Phoenix. 
The Phoenix game is on the road. I beg your pardon. You have Indiana at home, Atlanta at home. Then how about this road trip? All right. At Golden State, at Dallas, at Memphis, at Miami, at Indiana, at Chicago, at Cleveland. It's a brutal stretch coming up for Sacramento. All right. Who wants to be my leadoff person? What do you want to talk about today? But I'm just telling you, the Kings are, they're, they're, they're not doing anything this year in the playoffs. They're just not. Not with this roster. And how about these gutless guys that blow off the media and don't want to come out and talk? All right? Gutless. Gutless. Absolutely gutless. All right, let's get to Dorian. Dorian, how are you today? What's going on, Grant? Hope you had a great weekend. How are you, buddy? You I'm, too, doing, buddy. I'm doing awesome. I know there's a big football uh, football game, right? You got the Huskies and you got the uh, the Wolverines tonight. Who you got? Well, I want Washington to win. Uh, I'm not a Big Ten fan in football. I've never been a Big Ten fan. Um, I'm rooting for Washington. They have a dynamic offense. I'm hoping that physically they can stay on the field with Michigan. I think objectively, Michigan might be just a whisker better. But I, I'm just really more than anything else hoping for a good game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, big props to my former uh, Sacramento State football teammate, uh, Henry Hernandez. He, uh, I know I, I mentioned this before, but he he lost that game. Uh, uh, he's he's a um, defensive specialist uh, spe- yes. for yes. Texas, and he lost that game. So uh, he this is as far as he's ever gone. So uh, congratulations to him. But Grant, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, with your professional years, you know, with the Kings organization, and I know every player is individual, every player is, you know, they have their physical strengths, they have their mental strengths, but, you know, when, when players become openly available, you know, like Herder, like Barnes, like Davion, how do you think that affects each player mentally? I know they're professionals, right? You know, Barnes, obviously, he's, he's a lot older than Davion and Herder are, but you know, from your experience, and I, I know this individual for each, each each athlete, right? But how do you think that affects each player on a team, um, just just mentally? Uh, differently, you know, it's going to affect Harrison Barnes more than it's going to affect Davion Mitchell because Harrison Barnes has got a family, yeah, uh, and has been in Sacramento for a number of years, which means kids are in schools and you know have a a, a network of friends. Kevin Herter to the best of my knowledge, is not married and does not have a family. And so for someone like him, it's much easier to just pick up and go. So it's different for everybody. Yeah, totally. I, I definitely understand that. You know, I have, you know, Mike Brown's, um, his slogan, right, for the team is all in. Um, and I don't really, I don't know, like I, like I know you and Ryan talk a lot about like something's going on in the locker room or something just doesn't feel right with this team. And interestingly enough, the Kings social media group, they posted a, a video um, and they asked each player, hey, what's your New Year's resolution? And Davion Mitchell said, I want to be a better teammate. And obviously when someone gets benched, that's not fun, right? Being a professional athlete or whatever, you know, wherever, whatever, you know, love where you're at, high school, college, whatever. But I don't really believe that each player on the team is all in, you know, when your leaders aren't aren't coming out and talking about having a bad game, right? You know, Fox and Sabonis, right? You get, I don't know if it's obligation obligatory for them to come out and talk to the media, but it is, a, it is, it is, it's in their contract. It's part of everything that you do. It is, it is an obligation. You are required 
to be available to the media after the game, regardless of whether you play or not. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy if everyone's all in. Is is that is that is that something? What, what do you think about that, Grant? Um, I wouldn't say that just because they didn't come out and talk to the media yesterday. Yeah. Um, but I would go in a different direction. The stats that I just gave you at the beginning of this show tell me that there are problems. Now you can characterize that as not being all in. You can say, well, gee, if they're not all on the same page, you can go a lot of different ways. I don't know the answer to that question. All I know is what's reality. And reality is, in my opinion, despite the record, last year's team at this point in time, at the end of the first week of January, I was a lot more confident and excited about last year's team than I am this year's team. I think this year's team's got some issues. Uh, Jerry thinks that maybe it's because teams have figured them out now. Yeah. You know, they're not sneaking up on anybody. Um, I, I'm not, I don't really know what it is. All I know is what I see with my eyes. And this team is wildly inconsistent, sure. ridiculously so. And, you know, Ryan has put up this graphic several times during our show. The difference between this team, you know, in their wins and their losses, it's staggering. It really it's is. absolutely staggering. Yeah, no, the, the numbers definitely speak for themselves. It's, it's, you know, it's interesting, you know, from just from observing Mike Brown, he doesn't seem as animated this year. He seems more like he just has his hands in his pocket, kind of walking up and down the sideline. Last year, you would see those infamous, you know, one minute into the game kind of timeouts. Like, he doesn't really do yeah. that here. I don't know if it's, if it's like the Kings as a team were like, okay, we finally made the playoffs. Now we can kind of relax a little bit. But I, I feel like, as athletes, professional athletes, that would give you even more motivation to like get to the next level, right? But I don't feel like that's just that's that that spark with this team this year. I don't know. It's really really odd. Even though their records state, you know, they're they have a pretty solid record, top five in the West. But I'm just you know the numbers are really drastic. Well, I would say this: last year we weren't talking about Kevin Herter playing as poorly as he is this year, right? He doesn't even yeah. start anymore, so that wasn't the case last year at this time. Um, you had a much more consistent Harrison Barnes last year, in my opinion, than what we're seeing this year. Totally. I think, you know, to a degree, I think the bench was more productive last year. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong because I don't have those stats in front of me, but there's just, I don't know. There's just something off. Ryan brought this up about a month ago and I agree with him. You know, he said, and and I'm with him. I can't really pinpoint it other than I am comparing this year's team to last year's team because you really don't have anything else you can compare it to because the Kings were so bad for so long. So, you know, to me, the only thing that was relevant is with Sabonis and without Sabonis, that really for, for all intents and purposes began, you know, last year because that was his first full season. Yeah. I, I just, this team, when this team is bad, Dorian, they're really bad. They're not just bad a little bit. When they're bad, they're like horrible. No, totally. And I don't, I don't see, I don't see how this team could possibly win a playoff series playing this way. They just can't. They're just, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, their identity is to shoot you out of the core. Right. But like, it just, they're not even competitive the second half after the game blown out. It's really, really, it's really, really interesting. One last question, you know, Grant, how hard is it for a player? I mean, it's obviously this is an individual question, but like how hard is it for a player to come in and contribute with basketball being such a rhythmic sport? I mean, Sasha had some pretty good minutes last night, you know, came in, hit a couple of threes, hit some shots, but you know, how hard is it for someone to come off the bench after a couple of DNPs and come in and contribute at a level that you want him to contribute at? 
everyone's different. I mean, it's what makes uh, sports such a, a beautiful thing. I mean, some players have no problem. Some players can step right in and make it happen. Some some can't. You know, I was I was happy to see Sasha do that too. But you know, the reality is, it doesn't mean anything to me if he doesn't do it. You know, in a, in the next game. You know, to me, being a good professional athlete is about delivering pretty much the same level of performance every time you're on the field or on the court. Hundred percent. And with Sasha, it's just been well. He's like everyone else on the team. It's been Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, nonetheless, uh, Kings for Life. I hope they get it together. And, you know, I think uh, the All-Star break will be good for Fox, too, here coming up. Um, so we'll see. I mean, he looks a little tired, too. But um, nonetheless, they got to get these these next couple wins on the road. Thanks, Grant. All right. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, if they don't beat Detroit, who's out without uh, Cade Cunningham now, who got hurt in the last game. So, I mean, if they don't beat Detroit, who's got three wins, and Charlotte, who just spanked them last week, then I, I don't know what to say. I, I really don't. Like, I can't – I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again. I can't imagine the Kings losing the next two games. But, again, I said that last week when they played Charlotte and they had an awful homestand. I think we can now characterize that as an awful homestand, Right. They, they had a chance to have a good homestand, not great, good, at 3-1. and one. And then now it's 2-2 two and two after getting embarrassed without Zion Williamson. So that homestand, to me, it was a bad homestand. You had, you barely beat Orlando. You needed a double overtime. So think about this. You lose to one of the worst teams in basketball, Charlotte. You have a double overtime win against Orlando. You beat Toronto 135 to 130. And you lose to New Orleans 133 to 100. So on your homestand, you allowed 111, 135, albeit double overtime, 130, and 133. Guess what? You're not winning a lot of games playing that way. Not happening. So, I don't know what else to say other than uh, you got some issues. Hello, Al. Hey, how you Al, doing, how my friend? You, good, buddy. Doing well. I'm good, pal. Hey, my Rams and and Detroit. I boy, is it social media is having a day with this already, man? It's it's a circus, Nate. I mean, I was watching them playing uh, the Niner game, the Niner game, and and they announced it. The guy calling the game says, you know. Who would the Rams rather play, Dallas or Detroit? And I'm thinking I'd rather take my chances with Detroit, but the announcer says, you know, I think they if they play Detroit, it's going to be a circus with the, all the, you know, the golf, you know, McVeigh giving up on golf and all that, you know, social media, you know what that's all about. So I'm starting to think maybe the guy was right, man. He had a good point, though. Dallas scares me because they, they have so many weapons, but they are, and I know they're, but it's like, God, it's just the ticket prices are, I read something higher than even Dallas and Green Bay, which is, for me, a shock. But, yeah, it's just, it's insane. What do you think? Most of the players during this week aren't on social media. So it, that doesn't yeah. have any bearing in the game. It's more or less for you uh, consuming it, you know, as a fan. But within the walls of the locker room, 
they're, 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 that stuff's not really affecting right. the, the, the players that much. Some guys are on social media during this week, but most of them aren't. You know, the reality no. is you Rams have the playoff experience. Um, yeah. And Jared Goff's been in the Super Bowl before. But right. as a community, as a city, this is one of the biggest sporting events that the city of Detroit has had in a long time. I mean, this is now yeah. a divisional winner, a yep. team that is very good, but has shown lapses in the middle of the season, right. such as Thanksgiving Day when Green Bay came in there and embarrassed them. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be yeah. a very close game. Me too. And, and, you know, I'm happy for Detroit and I'm happy for Goff. I don't have no, I've talked, called you before and talked about this and have no, you know, ill will towards you. I was very happy for Detroit. In fact, that the Rams had to lose to a team, you know, and they're knocked out. I, I Detroit, I wouldn't have a problem with it because like you just pointed out, it's been 30 years since they last had a playoff game. And, and I think they, 31 or 32 years before they even last won a game, playoff game. But, man, it's been a long time. So, you know, they had a great year, and they got a lot of young, talented players that are only going to get better. They packaged all those draft picks they got from the Rams, and, you know, they they had some good picks. So, you know, I I have a – it's going to be a good game, I think. It'll be – we got a – Rams got Puka, and they got that young – second-year running back, uh, Williams, who makes a difference for Stafford, I think, because now he, he has a running game. And that, for me, I don't think see him you know, forcing the ball as much as he has in years past. But um, this going to be a good game. What are some of the other games that – what other games are you looking forward to? You mentioned Cleveland and Houston. How do you see that well, one going? Um, I think that's a, a, a toss-up game. I'm going to go with – Cleveland because of their defense. Um, yeah. I think that's one of the most intriguing games uh, on the schedule this week is Cleveland at Houston. I think that is going to be, you know, a heck of a game. I really do. I think of all the games being played this weekend, that's that that is unbelievably intriguing. The weather in Kansas City is supposed to be around zero. I've told you I have not yeah. been on Miami's bandwagon all year. I think they are. Ugh. They're just not that good. And they lost a couple more defensive players. So yeah. I, I think that's, you know, I, I don't think either of the first of all, I, I think that the AFC is very lopsided right now. I mean, I yeah, if Baltimore does not make if Baltimore, if Lamar Jackson does not make it to the Super Bowl this year, uh, he'll probably never make it to the Super Bowl. But Baltimore is yeah. that good, you know, that they, they, they have this set up as well as they possibly could. Well, amen to that. I was, you know, after you were messing that, I went and looked up his his career playoff record. Yeah, one win, you know. So yeah, that's what I mean. a guy like a guy like him and Dak Prescott is another one. Although the Cowboys have been another one of those, uh, it's you know it's a top heavy league to me. To me, it's the Niners and Ravens, and then who's yep. next? I mean, you yep. know, I mean, I like in Flacco if he doesn't get doesn't get come. I know someone's saying, well, he's only played like a not played the full year, but he's he's my comeback player of the year. He has just played oh, phenomenal. Yeah. You, you know, know, if they, if someone they win the said, Super Bowl will be one of the great stories in the history of the National Football League. Yeah. How about some of your, your – who do you like? Who's your – I know you're probably – if you want to think about it, that's fine. But who do you got for, like, coach of the year? I, I thought Stefanski, considering he lost his starting quarterback and one of the best running backs in the I league. Got, and I, I, got D'Amico, I got D'Amico Ryans of the Houston Texans as the coach of yeah. the year. 
Yeah, with a rookie quarterback and just turning the, yep. that culture around because at Cleveland, yep. what you know, they had a pretty pretty solid defense. And he would have been. It's a, yep. for me. It was Ryan's, but then I started thinking about Stefanski and and uh, and then uh, who's your MVP? Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know how you can even determine the MVP in the NFL. There is not one guy that's, that's clearly the MVP of the NFL. I've always thought it's very hard. You know, you could say the same thing about coach. I got no problem with Stefanski being the right. uh, coach of the year. I think the guy did a marvelous job. But, you know, a lot of this yeah. stuff, you know, like last year, Brian Table was the coach of the year. And this year, the Giants are terrible. I mean, you know, I, I, mm. it's more of a – how do you pick – honestly, Al, how do you say that Lamar Jackson is more valuable than – Christian McCaffrey, who's more valuable you. than you know what I mean? Like it's it's just very difficult. It really is. Oh yeah, especially it's the ultimate team sport. You know, it just kills me when I hear that. You know, Brady's once one. Brady has won, you know, seven Super Bowls. You know, well he he had a team around him. You know, he had some pretty good players. He had a you know great defensive. But yeah, I'm with you. Football is the ultimate team sport, and it's just a. Uh, you know, it's everybody's opinion, but thanks for taking my call. Good talking to Thank you, you and, uh, and I'll talk to you later. Thank you. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls. And we say hello to Left Terrace. Hello, Left Terrace. Hello, Grant. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I was just uh, disappointed yesterday when the Niners lost the game because I wanted the Rams to play the Dallas Cowboys um, next, uh, you know, next week. Because I, I think for the Niners will be more challenging to meet one of those two two teams, and one to go out next week will be better for them. But anyway, I'm very very concerned. You know, I, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't agree with that at all. I, I do not agree with that at all. If you're the number one seed, okay, you've proven all year that you're the best team in the NFC. You have home field advantage. It truly should not matter who you're playing. It should not matter at all. Shouldn't matter. Yeah, I, I see your point. I see your point. But the easier game is for Niners. I would say the better, get more resources to save for the for you know the next following game. Uh, that's what I see. Uh, but my concern also is by watching the game yesterday. I mean, what do you think about the kicker? I mean, that's a big concern for the Niners. You're gonna have a close playoffs game, and you're gonna depend yeah, on so him. It, it, it's a huge concern. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, you don't know how a player in his first playoffs is going to perform. So you're 100% correct. I know that Robbie Gold wasn't going to miss a big kick, but I, I don't know about this rookie. I mean, you're 100% correct. Yeah, I'm just, uh, my heart will be, I hope so I don't have any very uh, close games because, uh, you know, it's yep. just, uh, and other yep. teams know that. And other teams know that. I mean, they're going to, yep. you know, do whatever they take. So, gosh. Yeah, they're going anyway. to they're, they're ice this kicker. They're going to be calling timeouts. You're, you're 100% correct. You're absolutely yeah. correct, and until he until he does it, we don't really know how he's going to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, just to jump to the Kings for a little bit. Um, so the way the Kings are playing, they're so inconsistent. They don't know what to expect from them every night. Uh, I don't think any any trail anything can improve this team. It's more like a mentality. So I don't know where to point the the reason for this. Is this reading stuff from the coach? You know, I don't know about if it's their mentality. I think that they are so caught up. They're an analytic-driven team. Vivek Ranadive honestly believes that you can run an entire basketball team from your laptop. Okay, he's got more analytics people in his staff. To me, they're so 
driven on analytics and they've built their team to nothing but three-point shooters for all intents and purposes and when you make shots it looks great and when you don't it doesn't look good they can't beat you any other way they can't beat you with defense they're a horrible defensive team they can't beat you with toughness because they're a you know soft they can't beat you with an inside game so how do they beat you they beat you because they have a dynamic point guard and they have a team that's built around perimeter shooting i don't like the way this team is constructed i think that they're fun to watch at times but i don't think it's a recipe for success i just don't see how this team i mean new orleans has toyed with them this year i don't think the kings would be and ryan and i talked about this the other day the teams that are ahead of them in the standings the only team that i think that they would have a chance to beat in a playoff series is oklahoma city I don't even think they'd have a chance to beat Minnesota, Denver, or the Clippers. Okay. I I don't they don't match up well with them. I'm not so sure. Well, I don't think they would beat New Orleans, although it's unlikely they would play them in the first round, but it's possible. You know, a lot of people are like myself keep on talking about the playoffs. They gotta make the playoffs first. I mean, there's no sure thing. Because let me tell you something. If you are not a top six team and you gotta go into the play in tournament with how bad Sacramento is defensively. And one of the teams that you might have to play would be a team like the Lakers. Okay. That's no picnic. You know, you better make sure you're a top six team. And I got to tell you, I just read the King's schedule that's coming up. It's a murderous schedule here for the next three to four weeks. And they could find themselves sliding. Now they have played well on the road. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt there, but they're right now. Okay. You ready for this? They are technically tied for the seventh spot in the West, which means playing. They are 21 and 14. New Orleans in seventh is 22 and 15. All right, that's basically the same record. There's no sure thing left, Terrace, that they're even going to be in the playoffs this year. And we keep on, like me, I'm guilty of this. I keep on talking about who they would want to play or not want to play in the playoffs. They got to make the playoffs first. And I'm not so sure that this team is a top six team right now in the West. I mean, not with the way New Orleans is playing. I, I don't know. They may not be. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. And also a, a team that wants to make the playoffs and want to be a good standing and, you know, have a chance to go uh, in the playoffs. Uh, you know, they have to build at least a team that they seem to be not good as the Kings. I mean, like the, what Ryan from Sacktown said a while ago, it seems that the Kings, Try to play much better when they uh, they play with a team that have much uh, better record. Uh, but when they play with it, like a team they're gonna play now, Detroit, I don't know if uh, I don't know if they're gonna show up and play with uh, you know and beat them because that's the way they, well, how the Kings are. Detroit, Detroit's the worst team in the league, and they just lost Cade Cunningham. So I mean, like, you want to talk about yeah. bad losses? That would be in the category of the worst loss in years if they lose to Detroit, not just the worst loss this year, be one of the worst losses in years. So yeah, I'm with you. Very puzzling. Very puzzling. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned though, it, uh, you don't like the, how the team is built, but that no. goes, go, uh, by game, that goes back to the coach too, though. Because that's how no, it does go back. The team. No, 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 no. It doesn't go back to the coach. Uh, it goes back to the, the person that buys the groceries. Uh, now, I'm not criticizing Monty McNair, to this degree because i think he's done a very good job but the coach could only have the coach can only play the style 
of basketball that's afforded him by the players that he has. So I, I, the coach doesn't go out and buy the groceries. Like I use this analogy. The coach is the chef. The chef cooks the food that the buyer buys him. So, you know, you, if you're in a kitchen and you're cooking Thanksgiving deal, meal and you have the best of everything, you got a chance to make a great meal. If the person that's buying the groceries is not buying you adequate groceries, you're only going to be able to make so much of a meal. So I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I, I'll tell you this, Lipteris, this is the same coach that you had last year that had a 48-win season and the third seed and was the unanimous, first time ever unanimous coach of the year. He didn't all of a sudden forget how to coach or say, well, we're going to coach a different style. He has to coach with what he has. And that, that's what the team is right now. They have a quick, fast, explosive point guard who they built their team around and another player in DeMontis Sabonis with his attributes. That's how the team... The team has built their team around those two guys. And unfortunately, there are too many nights when the rest of the players don't show up, such as a Harrison Barnes, such as a Kevin Herter, such as a Keegan Murray, and and, and Murray less so. But they don't have a shooting guard. They, they Malik Monk, yes, but he doesn't start. Yes, he's on the floor a lot. But, you know, there are some issues on this team, Lefteris. We just can't ignore them. They're going to need a lot of work to make this team uh, to go deep in the playoffs. Well, thank you so uh, much, uh, th Brian. Thank you. I appreciate your call. Again, they got to make the playoffs. You can't go deep in the playoffs if you don't make the playoffs. All right, let's get to some more phone calls. Right here with Jerry in Sacramento. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Grant. What's going on? Hey, buddy. Hey, Grant. You know what, Grant? We have to understand, too, Grant. You know, watching that game, uh, the Kings game yesterday, you know, it was, uh, just a lot of disgust. But we have to understand, too, you know, the Kings were the third seed last year. But then again, too, there was a lot of teams out there that had a lot of injuries. You think if those teams would have been healthy like they are this year, you think it would have been different for the Kings? Yeah, they still would have been a playoff team, but they wouldn't have been the three seed. But they would have been in the playoffs. And Grant, um, with your rant this morning, uh, you know, you said in the uh, past that uh, that you are only good as your record shows, you know, 21 and 14. I know it's still good, Grant, but you know what? Could it be that the Kings are not surprising anybody this year the way that they're going, uh, they're coming into our house and beating the shit out of us like that? I mean, that was, uh, that was, uh, uh, you know, I don't even have words to uh, even describe that. It's message. happening. It's happening too often. It's too frequent. It's not just once in a while. All teams are going to have losses that are bad, but it's happening once a week. You know, think about what's happened in the last 10 days. You lost to a Portland team with only three wins on the home floor, right? You lost to Charlotte at home, who had played the night before and had lost 11 games in a row. And then last night or yesterday afternoon, you get embarrassed by a team that didn't have one of their best players. And Grant, you were saying this morning too that uh, that Fox and Sabonis, right, uh, did not do any interviews. Uh, I heard that Sabonis no, they, did it in a locker room in uh, interview. They, yeah, he did, but they didn't come out on the podium which they normally do, and that's where most of the media is. But Grant, yes, you're correct; they did. Could uh, could they get fined for not doing that? Yes, they could. Okay. And Grant, let me ask you this. Uh, one thing about the Niners. Um, you know what? Years past, uh, you know, the Packers um, example, uh, getting the number one seed. Do you think that week hurts the team or you think it's good? Well, you know, we know it's good for the rest, but could it hurt the um, the team when they come out, when they come out sluggish? It could hurt the team. It's a long layoff, three weeks. 
Uh, yes. I, I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it personally. Uh, I think if a player is injured or is iffy, then sit him down. But personally, I would I would have played the other players at least a half. You know, I, I wouldn't have played Trent Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have sat him down. Right. But there are a lot of other players that I I'm not a fan of it. I never have been. And Grant, you know, one more thing going back to the Kings. You, you said that there's something going on with this franchise. What do you mean, Grant? Is it uh, with the ownership? Gen- uh, no, 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 no. If I said that, what I I don't know if I said there's something going on with this franchise. I said there's something going on with this team, uh, meaning that something doesn't seem right to me. That, that there's you just can't you you can't keep on having losses like they've had by the score, by the margin of defeat, and think that everything's just fine and dandy. It's not. Something is wrong with this team. I didn't say franchise. I said mm-hmm. team. Right. And I can't put my finger on it, but the, the my eyes tell me that there are some issues with this team. I didn't say franchise. I don't. If I did, I'd take it back. I, and, I think I said team. And there's and, a, when I – franchise and team are different. Right. And, Grant, when you uh, – in your years that you've been covering basketball, Grant, uh, decades, um, what would you think uh, would uh, could be going on? Jerry, there are a number of things uh, that could be going on. I mean, they're numerous, okay? So right. I don't want to speculate and be wrong. I understand. But, the, but Jerry, you, you watch basketball. You're a sports fan. Yes, does, I do, 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 they, The Kings aren't passing the eyeball test to me. Okay, you know what I mean by that? Like we Jerry, we get so caught up in all of these damn analytics and all these stats and everything else. You know what I use as my number one stat? My eyes. What I see. And what I see, Jerry, is a team that has flaws. You know, Grant, what I see uh watching the Kings in the last week, two weeks or so, I see a team that when they get down by 10 or 15, they're going through the motions. Do you see that too? Yeah, but I, it's not just the last week or two. It's the whole season. Right. And uh, 21 and 14, you know, Grant, hey, you know, if I, could good. Take, if I could take 21 and 14 in, instead of 14, 21, you, you know yeah. what I'm going to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but you know what? You're 100% correct, but I keep on saying this, and I'm going to say it again. I'm looking at the big picture. I'm not looking at individual games. I'm looking at the big picture because, Jerry, to me, and I don't know how you feel as a Kings fan, but when I look at this team, if they don't win, if they don't make the playoffs, that's a failure. If they make the playoffs and don't get past the first round, that's not an improvement over last year. Right. Um, Grant, you know, let me ask you uh, one more thing. Uh, what do you think about Adam Silver coming out and talking Draymond Green out of retirement? You know, I'm so tired of talking about Draymond Green. Like, <laughs> I really am. All you know right. I mean? All right. All right, Grant, I'll leave it at that. Well, Grant, thanks for taking Take my care, call, Jerry. Grant. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to some more folks. Speaking of Ryan and Sackdown, here he is. Ryan, welcome, buddy. How are you? Doing good. How are you, buddy? Good. Excellent. Well, we have not talked since yesterday, so I just want to bounce a couple things off you. I mean, you've really hit the nail on the head on most things. The, the first thing is the team, though, is required to provide two players to – the media. So I don't know if it's fair to put the onus and Fox on and Sabonis if there was a miscommunication or whatnot. I know that's a small thing, but a bigger thing getting to the game grant. This team 
here's the problem that I see, and I want to see if you can draw the line between it or if you're in one camp or the other. We're seeing blowouts, you know, 33 points. We're seeing 50 points at points during games and a team at the end of the game that just doesn't seem to care. So is this a case of this team, they've got their eyes on a bigger picture, just like you're saying it's a bigger picture? Or does this team not care? Who does not step up? Where is the leadership? It's a great point. It certainly looks like it's lacking right now, doesn't it? I mean, that well, seems it, to be very apparent. It, it just the, seems to be lacking. Am I the only one that seemed like Mike Brown was completely caught off guard by some difficult questions last night that the media finally asked? But he didn't seem prepared to answer the question about why Fox and Sabonis weren't at the podium. Yeah, and, and in all fairness, the way that works, uh, coaches will speak to the team after the game, and then they go into their office, and they really are not aware of the media relations director and who goes to speak to the media and who doesn't. That's not really their domain. That's not what they control. That's not their job. And so I can see Mike Brown saying he didn't know. I mean, I don't see how a coach would know that. I don't think a coach... At that point in time, you just got embarrassed. I think that's the last thing on the coach's mind is, which of my players are going out to speak to the the, the press at the podium? I, 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 you know, coaches don't, it's not their yeah. job. They, it's not what they deal with. I don't disagree with you. I guess the bigger point was it, it was a moment that led to bigger questions about the leadership of the team, that he wasn't prepared. Yeah, and again, I, I can see that catching, I can, catch, I can see that catching him off guard. 100%. Because he probably... Because he probably didn't know who came out and spoke to the media or who, you know, so I, I could see that catching him off guard. And then he's like, gee, this is out of left field. I wasn't thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about we just got our ass kicked and now I'm being asked about why Fox and Sabonis didn't come out and talk. You know, I, I could see that. You know, I, sure. I could see that catching him off guard. Sure, sure. And so we're talking about one position right now, the two guard. Um, and you look at every two guard on this roster with the exception, we'll, we'll keep Malik Monk out of the conversation because he goes in between. He's just kind of that guy for that yep. second unit. Yep. Um, but every two guards kind of built the same way. Now, granted, Kevin Herter shooting was much better at the start of last season. But the question becomes, is, is this a style thing? Is the two guard really a position that's not actually that important to this offense when it comes to playing with Fox and playing with Sabonis? And... Is this production acceptable for what the coaching staff's looking for, which then becomes a bigger question about the system that's in place? Because if you bring in a Zach Levine and you gave him the same amount of looks that a Kevin Herter is getting, that a Chris Duarte is getting, um, you're going to be looking at like a Jimmy Graham coming from the Saints, tight end of the year, going to the Seahawks and getting no looks. Well, I'll answer your question this way. I don't think the Kings are capable of being successful without going out and getting a different two guard. So I'll answer your question that way. Uh, you make a great point about this offense and the way it's structured with Fox and Sabonis, but with the way the game is played mm -hmm. in the NBA now, you need to have a consistent two guard. And by consistent, I'm talking about a consistent shooter. And that has not been the case with Sacramento this year with their starting two guards. So Jerry even said it when you asked him that question, I believe it was on one of our shows last week or the week before, or a fan asked him what he thought was 
you know, one of the real needs of this team. The first thing he two said guard. was two guard, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I've been saying backup point guard, backup point guard, backup point guard, but you know, I, I might, I might have to go with two guard. I also think this team really lacks a degree of toughness. They just don't have it. You know, they're, they're very soft, but uh, if they're going to play this style and when we say, if they are going to play this style, Ryan, because they have De'Aaron Fox, like you're not going to get a Lamborghini and you don't know, enter it in a race where you can't get over, where you're not allowed to go over 60 miles yeah. an hour, you know, Olympic speed I mean, walking, right. But for right. Cars. You know, you know <laughs> you're, 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 so, I mean, that, that is their style. So they're going to have to go out and try to be the best they can at the style that they've chosen to play based on their point guard. So, okay. Then that's the answer right there because the style and you're right, but the styles changed because there's been a bigger focus on defense. I mean, I get that the Kings need to be at a fundamental level and that's always going to be a liability, but you see, or at least the rhetoric, defense, defense, defense. In well, I don't, I don't see done... the focus on, I, I don't see the focus on defense. You might, I don't see it. Well, that, I don't that's, see any, I, I don't it, see it. I, I, it. I see a team that's giving up 118 points on average a game. So if there's a focus on defense, I'm missing that. That that's the rhetoric coming from the coaching staff. This is where the team needs to improve. If we can tighten up here, that's what's going to help us win in the playoffs. So that that's what seems to be the hole in their eyes. So I guess what I'm getting to is unleash the offense. And it, it just looks like a team grant of guys that are thinking and not playing. Whereas last year, the guys were playing instead of thinking. Again, I'm going to get back to the first thing you said. The defense. Don't we hear about this every single year with every coach that comes into Sacramento? And every single time that we have a conversation, it's the same thing. It's all talk, 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 talk. We have to do this. We have to do that. I'm tired of the talk. You know, actions speak louder than words. The rhetoric or the mantra or the battle cry or whatever adjective you, description you want to use, you know, is defense, defense. You know, I'm mm -hmm. so tired of hearing about defense with the Kings. They're a bad defensive team. They have been a bad defensive team for years and years and years. And yet every coach that comes in says they're going to fix the defense. And then a month later, they're average, they're giving up 120 every game. And then all of a sudden, it's no defense. So Mike Brown can talk about defense all he wants. His team with this personnel is never going to be a good defensive team. They're just not. So I'm with you. Just try to roll the ball out and outscore everybody. Because that's the only way you're really going to be successful. Yeah, that is the only way that you're going to be successful. And that's, I mean, at least with what they could handle last year, they can't handle the other teams around them. They play the schedule in front of them. They took care, you know, of that side of the ball. And so that's what's just kind of weird about this team because we want to see them accentuate that positive. But yep. um, Coach Brown, I, I just think there's, there's still, there's some meat left on that bone as to a funk about this team. And I, I, it's a really interesting thing. And I, I'm interested to see where it goes because um, there's a lot of moves this team could make, Grant, and this team could do nothing. And that yep. could speak even more to where the franchise yep. sees this team at. You'll have an early pregame tomorrow before the Pistons, Jerry at halftime, and then we'll do postgame, buddy. We got a busy week. We do indeed, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'm getting off here because I'm getting ready for uh, college football. But John will be my last caller. John, I'm going to give you two or three minutes, buddy, because i got to get moving here. How are you? 
I'm doing all right, Grant. And uh, the Kings, that's one thing we could discuss. And you talked some good good stuff earlier about, you know, you need the, the chef to cook the groceries that the guy's bringing home. And I'm pretty sure Monty is not getting good, getting, uh, is not finished grocery shopping, but he's going to find a good state. He's going to find something good. He's not going to go and do something stupid and find something that just us fans want and think is a good idea. So stand and put right now. I think it's all right. Granted last night was a disgusting loss, a disgusting loss. And you know, that's, we could, we could go on like this forever, but, um, I want to get to a little college football grant. I, you know, yep. I love college football. I don't get to talk about it enough. And last week we didn't really talk about it much, man. The two games we saw, they might've been a little sloppy, but man, they were great games right down to the finish. And man, I'm just hoping tonight is going to be the same. Um, who do you, I think Michigan's going to squeak it out, but man, I know you've been talking big on Washington. What do you think? I don't know, John. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm watching the game more as a fan spectacle from just an yeah. entertainment value. I don't know what to expect. You have a great offense in Washington uh, against a really good defense in Michigan. I talked about this with Sean Salisbury. I think if Washington can give their quarterback time to throw the ball, I think they win the game. That's how I'm looking at this game. But I, I just hope it's a good game, John, because I don't. I'm not a fan of either team. I, I just hope it's an entertaining game. Hey, I'm with you, and I kind of think that we kind of got on that, too. If Michigan can still get at the quarterback, and, you know, if Washington cannot stop their pass, pass rush, yep. it's going to be Michigan. So yep, that's what it is. And, man, there's four different channels to watch this on. Are you watching it on ESPN? Hey, John, or which John, John, I'm 64, John, I'm 64 years <laughs> old, okay? Don't give, me, don't give me four freaking opportunities. Give me the damn game <laughs> with the announcers, John. You know what I'm saying? I you, I, I, you're giving me options to watch a – a college football game, really? You know what? Give me the damn game. You know, stop I know. it already I, with this nonsense. I flip through ESPN channels. I'm like, God damn, what the hell am I doing? What am I watching it on? I don't know. Here's Pat you know, it's like, oh, you're it's pretty like, entertaining. It's like the it's like when you know you get the NCAA championship, right? And you have oh, like sure. you know all these different feeds. Yeah, stop it with the nonsense. Give me the damn game. Would you for crying out loud? You know what, Grant? And I'd almost just assume have the game with no audio, and I'll call it with me yeah. and my buddy by myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> I appreciate you, man. You have a good one. Take care. Hey, Grant, I appreciate you, brother. Enjoy the game, and we will talk uh, later in the week. Thank you. Good stuff right there, and a really good show today. Excellent calls. Appreciate it. Don't forget a King's programming tomorrow with uh, Ryan and Sacktown, Jerry Reynolds, yours truly. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the college football game, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.